0: Podcast I'm your host, Chris Rotelli. got a very special guest on the show today, one of the greatest of all time, Ryan Powell. Before we get started, a quick intro and bio on RP. He was a four-time All-American at Syracuse, won the national championship in 2000, was the Enners Award winner for National Player of the Year in, in 2000 as well. He's a two-time MLL MVP a six-time MLL All-Star, played nine seasons of indoor in the NLL, Was captain of Team USA, which won the World Championship in 2000, 2018 inductee in the National Lacrosse Hall of Fame, founder of Rhino Lacrosse, which is a lacrosse training and events company, also the founder of Powell Lacrosse, which is a lacrosse equipment company and apparel business that we'll talk about a little bit later. RP, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you today?
1: I'm doing good, Ronald. Thanks a lot for having me on. This is uh, pretty awesome. I've listened to some of the podcasts that you've done so far, and you're doing a great job, so I'm happy to join you
0: today. Well, thanks, buddy. Well, I think I made a mistake off the top. It said you won the world championship with Team USA in 2000, but I know that wasn't true because that was your senior year at Syracuse. What, What year was the Team USA championship?
1: 2010.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. That was a one goal game with Canada. Super exciting game for anybody that wants to go track it down and watch. So, um, well, to start here, you know, you grew up in West Carthage with your brothers, Mike and Casey in upstate New York. And I'm curious, as a kid in a family with three brothers who are all great lacrosse players, what was it like growing up in that house? And how did you all get started in the game?
1: Well, our story with lacrosse is pretty unique and, and amazing to be honest with you. Um, my uh, high school or my uh, elementary gym school teacher uh, brought in a lacrosse stick when I was in third grade, and Casey was in fifth. And uh, he played club lacrosse at a, a three school Portland State, and uh, he uh, showed us the stick and let us pick it up and try to throw the ball up against the wall and. Uh, Right away, we kind of uh, had an attraction uh, to the game because you couldn't throw the ball perfect every time and you certainly couldn't catch it every single time. Um, So after that day, we went home and uh, we talked to uh, my dad about uh, buying us uh, a couple lacrosse sticks. And, um, you know, this story's been told a little bit, but uh, I came from a family um, that had very little money and uh, the, as the story has it, my dad sold one of his shotguns in order to be able to <laughs> get, get enough money um, to take us down to the mall to buy a couple of lacrosse sticks. Uh, <laughs> now reflecting back on it, in a couple of the interviews that he has done, he gets all tear-eyed and says that it was the greatest investment of his life. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, you know, for for uh, uh, you know, probably two or three years. Uh, it was Casey and I that would just go out in our backyard and uh, we lived right next door to the school that had an amazing brick wall. And uh, we would just pass the ball back and forth and come up with different competitions like all brothers do. And uh, we, we did that for, you know, two to three years without even knowing any of the rules to the game of lacrosse or seeing a game. (laughs) And, and, um, you know, then the next thing, you know, we, we, had, you know, probably like 15 or 20 kids from the neighborhood, J- Jason Kaufman being one of them who went on to Salisbury state is the all time leading scorer in NCAA history, uh, still to the day. Um, but we would just, uh, uh compete and play games. And <laughs> um, then, you know, of course we started going down to the dome and watching Syracuse play and started getting a little bit more, um, you know, into lacrosse and, and watching other schools. And we used to go and watch a lot of West Genesee high school games and, and things like that. So, um, and then not too far after, obviously Mike was, uh, uh, much younger than us, uh, when, when I was just in third grade. So he quickly got a stick and he was out in the backyard with us. So, uh, it was amazing, Chris, uh, to be honest with you, growing up in a really small town and, um, you know, sports were the thing in that town, but, uh, lacrosse was new and it was exciting uh, and it's something that we just gravitated towards and uh, uh, it's uh, changed all of our lives.
0: Well that is a great story and, and all three of you end up being three of the greatest to ever play the game. Uh, what do you think is the reason that all of you were able to become the great players that you became?
1: Well I think some of the story that I just talked about is um, you know, and kind of my message, I go around, you know, obviously through my rhino stuff, but just an ambassador for the sport and the people that I see. Uh, my biggest message is uh, how important stick work is. And I tell that story about Jason Kaufman and, and his accolades um, in the game and his size. He's about five foot eight and, you know, 260 pounds. <laughs> you know, so he, he was a short, uh, bowling ball type player. Uh, but the guy's got one of the most amazing sticks that I've seen. And, you know, that that's kind of my message too. You know, I was able to be successful at the highest levels of the game. Um, I was never the quickest. I was, I was never the fastest, uh, probably not the strongest, but I was able to be successful um, because I put so much time and effort uh, into my stick skills. So, that's the big message that I, that I try to relate to young, young players. And then, um, on top of that, you know, I give a lot of credit to my brother, Casey, who's one of the most competitive people, um, that I've ever met before in my life. And if I wanted to be his younger brother and get a piece of him ever, um, then I needed to bring my best to whatever sport that we were playing during our childhood on that day. I need to bring my very best. So, I think that uh, those are a couple of the things, you know, we all had extremely uh, good work ethics and that kind of stemmed from watching my dad uh, bust his butt at the paper mill uh, over many years and working overtime and stuff like that. So, you know, you know, playing a sport and doing what you love to do and working hard at it was a lot different than my dad, the way that he would come home after a double shift from uh, Champion International Paper Mill. <laughs>
0: wow. You mentioned others, you said, whatever sport we were playing. What other sports were you guys playing growing up other than lacrosse?
1: Well, when it came to the school, we played uh, football and basketball um, as well. But uh, when we were kids, I mean, we played everything that you can imagine. Uh, Little League baseball and, um, you know, wiffle ball games out in the backyard. We'd create different games that we would play. Um, so, we, were, you know, we were really into uh, uh, anything that, uh, had a ball, um, was, was kind of a sport that we were into.
0: I love it. So you and Casey were both four-time All-Americans for Syracuse and you got to play together for two seasons. Uh, and you, uh, what are some of your best memories playing at Syracuse? Such a historic program.
1: Oh man, it was so awesome. I got so many good memories. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that's uh, been unique and cool about uh, my entire career of, of playing lacrosse is uh, you never have the same team, the exact same team, from one year to the next. There's always a new group of people that are coming in. When you were playing professionally, there was trades that were happening, um, different personnel coming in. So when I was at Syracuse, everybody was – so talented from the first guy to the last guy um, on the roster. Um, I always enjoyed trying to build the best team um, that that group uh, could potentially build during the course of the year. So that's uh, probably my biggest memory is just kind of the different years um, from my freshman to my senior year and the group of guys that I worked with to try to reach our ultimate goal of winning a national championship. Oh,
0: that's really yeah, that's really cool. <clears throat> after after college, you played eight seasons in the MLL. Um, you haven't played in the MLL since two thousand and eight. What do you think of the newly formed PLL? What do you, and what do you think the pro outdoor game is going to look like five years from now?
1: Well, I think it's uh, you know it's uh, brought some more excitement for for the game of lacrosse. There's a lot more people that are that are talking um, about lacrosse and it's expanding, uh, the reach of the game to, uh, to more states, uh, which is exciting to see. I think that it's con- going to continue to, uh, get more and more popular. Um, you know, I'm, uh, interested to see, um, you know, how the support turns out for, uh, the PLL, um, you know, to be honest with you, major league lacrosse has, um, You know, not been able to uh, draw big crowds. They get a decent crowd in Denver, as you know. They get a decent crowd in Boston. Um, Some of the other markets uh, struggle a little bit. Um, And that was with having the best players in the world out there. Um, So, what makes this different and what is going to make this um, uh, more attended, uh, you know, across the country by? Uh, passionate lacrosse people um i'm not quite sure i think that's still yet to be determined i think that uh, you know the national lacrosse league has a very good model yeah. um we've found that's working and uh, that league seems to be pretty alive and well and i see a lot of the highlights um that i pull up uh from week to week and it seems like the crowds are are doing pretty good but um you know, so overall, the PLL coming in there, I think uh, it's added exposure for our, our great game, which is a, which is a good thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I, I do hope that we get more people going to see these pro games live. Yeah. Because that, that'll be when it really does take off. Um, so, over the years, playing college, playing pro, playing internationally with Team USA, who are one or two of the best players you've ever seen?
1: Well, that's a pretty tough question. Uh, You know, it's funny that I really haven't been asked that question too much. Um, But I I would think that uh, my my brother, Mike, um, was the greatest college lacrosse player that I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you.
1: (laughs) That's that's one thing that I I would say. Um, I think that when you're talking about a position that, uh, doesn't really get uh, a ton of credit. Um, I would say that uh, Chris Schiller, huh. one, one of my good friends, I think that uh, he was just an amazing um, short stick defensive midfielder. Uh, one of the very best ever play that position in my in my opinion. Um, Brian Doherty would probably be my pick um, for the goaltender. Yeah. Um if I was picking a squad to go into battle with that I would want on my team, I think that uh you know one one of your boys from UVA um Ryan Curtis was uh oh, one yeah. of the, the toughest and nastiest uh defenseman that I ever had to go against. Uh you know, when I had to ma- match up and go against him, I knew that I better be having my hard helmet on and bringing my lunch pail and getting ready to go to work. You need to be focused and uh, put a little extra protection on your on your left. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, of course, um, you know, I, I, I can't leave uh, my brother Casey off the list, I yeah. think, uh, in terms of longevity and uh, a, a career uh, in the game of lacrosse. Uh I think that he, he is certainly at the top.
0: Yeah, that's a hell of a list. <laughs> Hard to argue with any of those guys. <clears throat> um, uh, RP, we had the pleasure of playing together in San Francisco for two years in 06 and 2007 with the Dragons. And I'll be honest, you're one of the greatest competitors and leaders I've ever played with. And I want to ask you where you think that comes from. But bear with me because I want to tell a story about one of the games we played together that I will never forget. I remember uh, a game we played in 2006 at Denver. um, You had something like nine goals and three assists, and we beat Denver 21-19. to I remember walking away from that game thinking, that's the greatest individual performance I've ever seen. You were literally unstoppable. I believe that was also the year you won, of, you won one of your MOL MVP awards. What's funny to me about that night is I remember the pregame meal at Mile High Stadium. Our whole team is in there eating a few hours before the game. Most guys were having something light and healthy to fuel them for the game. And I look over at you and there you were having a piece of cherry pie and drinking a Dr. Pepper. And fast forward a few hours later, you put the team on your back, had something like 14 points – and lead us to victory in one of the greatest lacrosse performances I've ever seen. Now, uh, back to my question. I've always thought you're one of the best competitors and leaders. And I'm wondering, where do you think that comes from? And how do you channel that on the lacrosse field?
1: Well, I think I give a lot of credit to uh, my, my high school lacrosse coach, uh, Coach Benicuatro. Uh He had a real uh, military style and he himself was, was a great leader. And I saw the way that he was able to rally the troops. Um, and I got to see that since, uh, from eighth grade all the way up through my senior year. So, you know, that that certainly helped um, come from a, a real close uh, knit family. And, um, you know, my, my, my brother Casey had some good leadership qualities as well and uh, certainly competitive. But I think it's just all the pieces uh, that you pick up along the way. And I think some of that, uh, to a certain extent, you're born with. Um, You know, I've uh, when the game is on the line, I've always been the type of player that, you know, I want to be involved. And, you know, win win, win or lose, um, doing right or doing wrong, um, I always had the confidence that, uh, you know, I was going to be a good option uh, to be involved or have the ball on my stick or try to get to the cage. And uh, it's been really exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, since you retired, um, you've started two companies, um, one of which is Powell Lacrosse, which is a lacrosse equipment company, which has quickly gained traction in the industry. Take us through the process of starting your own lacrosse company. What what made you think this would be successful, and what have you learned, and where do you go from here with Powell Lacrosse?
1: Yeah, so I was uh, living out in Portland, Oregon at the time. Uh, This was about four years ago. I moved back to Syracuse New York about three and a half years ago. Um, While I was living out there, uh, I was the first fully endorsed uh, athlete for Nike um, in the lacrosse space. And uh, I had a really good job with them. And, uh, you know, after I got done playing professionally, I think that they kind of didn't – Uh, believe that I had uh, the value anymore because I wasn't going to be out there and playing in front of crowds and things like that. Um, So they, you know, basically cut the offer that I had with them kind of in half. Um, And that's what they presented to me. And uh, at that time, you know, I had, uh, you know, since college, I was with warrior. I went to Brian for a little while and I was with Nike for five years and I said to myself, you know what? I've sat in all these meetings over the years. I know the ins and outs. I know what it takes uh, to to build a lacrosse company. And I know how to do the product stuff. While I was working for Warrior, I did a lot of the product development. And um, so at that time, I said, you know what? I'm going to go off on my own and I'm going to start uh, Powell Lacrosse. And I knew that uh, I had a strong brand name behind it because of the success that uh, my brothers and I have experienced in lacrosse. So it's a a well-known name in in the sport. And, um, you know, I started with, uh, just some shafts and, and, and a business plan. And then, uh, you know, I came back to, to, to Syracuse, moved back here. And then, uh, you know, bouncing off the idea to a couple people that were local in Syracuse about what I was trying to do. And uh, they've been, uh, you know, they've been great in terms of giving me guidance um, on a lot of the stuff that I didn't know uh, how to do in terms of uh, inventory management. And I've never really been much of a numbers guy in terms of controlling the books and things like that. Um, so I've teamed up with a couple people and we utilize their strengths and uh, I still have mine in that product development area that I've talked about um, and, and kind of some of the marketing stuff that we do and brand ambassadorship and, and things like that. But yeah we've come a long way in, in a short period of time We're, we're we as a company are, are doing very well. We have uh, three sticks right now. We have a, a fourth, um, that will be coming out in a couple months. Uh, we got multiple shafts that we're doing now. Uh, we have done gloves, and uh, we have a full lifestyle apparel line, and uh, we do uniforms as well, reversible jerseys and game uniforms now and uh, stuff like that. So it's been extremely uh, exciting and extremely challenging at times, uh, but, uh, you know, opened up was kind of uh chris you asked me about you know, my work ethic and stuff like that well guess what i've brought in that same attitude and mentality uh to what i'm doing with powell lacrosse and i work extremely hard at it and i work extremely long hours at it and uh, my goal is to be uh one of the big boy companies in the sport but we got a long ways to go
0: well, it's, it, I love what you guys are putting out, both the uh, hard goods and the apparel. It just, the stuff looks great. You do a great job um, with the design. Is, do you see the lacrosse industry, you know, changing at any time in the near future? Uh, are, there, are there revolutionary products coming out that you see on the horizon?
1: We got a couple of things that we're working on right now that I think are going to be a little bit different than what you see that are out there, um, but revolutionary, you know, changes. I, I don't see that um, yeah. right now. To be honest with you, I think that uh, what Warrior did um, with the warp has been a big change. Um, you know, for for the lacrosse world, it's definitely a bit of a shake up and very different than than what has been done but uh you know when you're talking about the plastics that are used on the head and the different designs in in the sidewalls and things like that um you know you got to think about how many years that all of the companies have been at it and how much r&d has gone into it Uh, and there really hasn't been too many uh big changes over the so we do have a couple things that we're uh doing uh, with the lacrosse shaft that you'll uh, that uh, people will, will see within the next year, um, that are going to be pretty unique and haven't been done before, so we're excited to get that out there.
0: I love it! Can't wait to see. Um, and with Rhino Lacrosse, you teach and mentor young players. What are the two to three attributes that you think young young players must possess to be successful in today's game?
1: Well, I think that you got to have a big heart for sure. And uh, you got to have some passion for the game. So you know everybody kind of wants to see how many. You know, you go to a showcase or something like that, and you're all worried about oh, how many goals that I have and things like that. Half the time, coaches aren't looking for that. To be honest with you, They're looking for the guys that will chase the ball to the end line and dive. Yeah. Guys that will go in there and do the w- dirty work. They got an extreme passion and love for the game and play with a big heart so i think that's that's definitely one of them your work ethic is something that we've talked about a couple times now but uh you know that's super important um you know and then i think that uh your stick skills i'll never uh, not mention that i think that's super important being able to be crafty with your stick and um you know i think that uh being intelligent in the game as well so that comes from watching a lot of film going out and watching games or college games, or pro games, whatever it might be. You can always get better. I go out and watch games all the time. And, oh man, I've never thought about that. You know, so I think that people, um, you know, you, you always want to uh, improve and you got to have the mentality that you're going to go out and truly get better every
0: single day. I love it. That's, that's great advice. Um, so back to Syracuse for a second, the famous number 22 Jersey that you had the privilege to wear, of course, originally worn by the great Gary gate, um, has not been given to a player at Syracuse for the past few years. What, what's your take on that? You think they should be giving that out every year or, or do you like the decision by coach Desco to, to hold it until he finds the next great
1: player yeah i think that it should be held until he finds the next great uh for sure you why, know why is
0: that is it too much pressure to put on somebody
1: well i i I don't think that the pressure is a bad thing i think that you want somebody that wants that 22 jersey yeah you know and uh i don't know that anybody has completely stood up and said that they want that jersey huh. i remember that um and I don't know that for, for a fact, Roto, to be honest with you, yeah. whether somebody said that or not. But I know that if a blue-chip recruit um, is going to sign at Virginia or he's going to come to Syracuse, but the stipulation is he wants to wear the twenty two, then they're most likely going to give it to him. Right. And the Syracuse coaching staff is most likely going to love that kid because he's got the confidence that he knows that he can come in and come in there and, and do great things. So I remember Dan Hardy um who had a had a good career at Syracuse. He wore the twenty two jersey. I don't remember exactly where he was in line. I don't know if he was right after Mike or there was a somebody in between him. Um but I know that he uh, wanted it, you know, and he said that he wanted to wear it. And I tell people that I think that it was cool that that he's you know, had the confidence that, that he wanted to wear the jersey. So yeah. I think that when you got the right confident kid that's one heck of a lacrosse player Uh, coming to Syracuse, that's when you'll see it being worn again. I expect (laughs) the next number 22 to be a phenomenal player.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see who it goes to next. Uh, College lacrosse season's right around the corner. What are you looking forward to with Syracuse this season? You think they got a chance to win the national championship or make it back to the Final Four?
1: I think a lot of people have a chance to win the national team. Seems like it, doesn't it? Oh, man, it's so crazy. It didn't used to be like that. It did not. (laughs) For the last five years, I feel that there's a lot more contenders in the mix. And uh, I would think that that Syracuse is certainly in that conversation right now. They got uh, two of their three starting attackmen back. Uh, They got, I believe, all of their defense back. Uh, they're very strong, very deep in the goalie area, um, and they got their entire first line of midfield back. So they return a lot of people, and they had a pretty good season for having a lot of young players last year. And the biggest thing about them is they're very much uh, battle tested in a lot of the games that they played in. So there will be, it'll be exciting to watch, and uh, they're going to have the confidence to uh, to beat anybody in the country for sure. Well
0: speaking of watching i saw i watched some games and I saw you calling the games in the booth. Are you doing any commentary this season
1: yeah i'm uh gonna do the ACC network i do awesome. uh i got five games that I'm calling in the dome again this year and I actually just uh i'm uh joining the coaching staff at Syracuse no way um which is pretty cool and I just kind of got that but uh yeah. It won't be something like, like I said, I'm still going to be calling the games. Um, you know, this is kind of a stepping stone for me and, uh, you know, compliant wise that you're only allowed to have a certain amount of uh, coaches that actually, uh, coach the kids. Um, but I can help out in some different, uh, aspects, uh, within the team and what's going on up there at Syracuse. But, um, you know, I won't be on the sidelines and, and, and coaching the kids, but, uh, you know, I can I can attend practices and I can help um, you know, with some scouting stuff and some recruiting things and stuff like that. So that'll be exciting and uh to go back and help your alma mater um is, is really a dream come true for me.
0: That's awesome. That is you're lucky, man, to be so to be so close and to be able to do all that sound sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so Well, RP, it has been great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, Chris. Hey, man, you're doing a great job with Advance. Um, I see you guys everywhere, and what you're doing is exploding, and uh, you're really doing it the right way, and um, your teams come to different tournaments that I'm at, and they compete hard, and they play the game the right way, so – I want to give you some credit back. You are saying a lot of nice things about me, but um, you're a friend, and and keep up the good work with what you're doing with Advanced Lacrosse.
0: Well, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate that, and we are excited to come up to Bend, Oregon, to the Oregon Lacrosse Classic, and see you guys this July. So thanks for putting on a great event, and we'll see you then.
1: Awesome. Sounds good.
0: All right, buddy. Take care. You too.